Hello there. More sudden losses of battery power than when you're trying to ghost your Tinder date from the previous night. Carnage for the title contenders. And Antonio had better socially distance from Jeff for a while. I'm Stuart Garlic. This is Motion E. This is Berlin Watch. Well, to begin with, um, oh, by the way, uh, I'm Stuart Garlic and uh, I'm with Toby Bloom from e4mil.de. Uh, I said it correctly this time. Um, Toby, uh, thank you for coming back on the podcast. And, um, you know, spare a thought for Toby, by the way, because uh, all of us are stuck at home using the excellent FIA Virtual Media Centre to watch and report on the race. But Toby is actually a few miles from Tempelhof Airfield and still can't attend the race because of social distancing conditions at the circuit, obviously. Um, does that feel especially gutting from your point of view, Toby, that you've got six races that you can't attend? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, it is weird, uh, although I have to say I, I kind of moved away from the racetrack now. Um, I, I used to live in Berlin for the last 18 years. Um, but then I moved to a town near Frankfurt in Germany. Um, so I grew up near Tempelhof. I went to, to school in the very same district uh, that the circuit is located. And I was there visiting my family last week and had a quick look around and you didn't really see anything there apart from a few structures being built up. Um, but it still hurts <laughs> being in Germany and having a race in Germany. And we've been waiting so long for Formula E's return and now a race in my home country, in my hometown and I'm not there it's not cool. But it's the same for any one of us um, I know plenty of people that would have liked to be there. So before we get on to the racing and there is plenty to talk about, just paint a picture of uh, um, what the conditions are like in Berlin because um, obviously some people are in countries where they are um, under stay-at-home orders and um, some people are in countries where there there is um, no distancing whatsoever happening. So what's happening in Berlin right now? Well, the rule is that there are that there have been event or events with more than one thousand people in attendance have been disallowed until the end of the month. So there will never be at any point between today's race or the end of the Berlin Epre more than a thousand people on site at the same time. Um, and Formula E has limited their personnel. Teams are only allowed to bring twenty-one people, for example, track side. That's including drivers. Um, and I think on race days, FE maxes out at 998 people. So they're cutting it really close to that 1,000 benchmark. But they're managing. And um, yeah, that's kind of the status quo in Berlin. And of course, social distancing, you have to wear masks all the time. If you're closer than two meters to, to your, your fellow teammates, you'll have to wear eye protection as well and upgrade to FFP2 masks and all of that. Um, so it's a really strict and thought through, well thought through, I have to say, uh, hygiene concept that they're applying there. And so far, so good. It seems to be working. I mean, none of us can control it, of course, um, because none of us are, are there and all we get to see are TV pictures. Um, and I can't remember anyone not wearing a mask or not obeying to the rules. So it does seem to work at least on telly. 
Yes, and uh, in fact, for the winner, Antonio Felix da Costa, it worked right up until the end where he realised that you needed to pull your mask down to drink champagne. He then pulled <laughs> it back to just under his nose, um, which I like to call the uh, Burger King workers mask uh, hanging uh, position. Um, uh, and then then went and fist bumped rather than elbow bumped with the CEO of Formula E, Jamie Rydell, and then ruffled his own hair. So um, it, it worked right up until the fist bump with the CEO, I think. Possibly, yeah. But on track, he took social distancing very seriously and used his Carl's performance to swiftly move towards talking about the race um, to build a huge gap to his rivals. And... Um, yeah, it's a very good, very was a very good performance by him today, and uh, he rightly won the race. Wow, you are epically good at segues, by the way. Thank you. For that. <laughs> um, it, it's almost as though you've done this a hundred times before. Uh, it is, yeah. Uh, that, I mean, that's because I have been doing this hundred times before. I think on our German podcast, we're on episode one hundred sixty-one. And we'll be adding a few more this, this week. So if you're if you're speaking German, um, join me over on on eformal.de and um, yeah, listen to the same stuff I'm saying today, but in a different language. Well, yeah. Um, by by the way, this uh, th this is intended to be a quick race wrap up, and we will get onto the racing now. But uh, I, I I do uh, thank you for mentioning that because ev every guest I have on, and there will be several, uh, I'm going to give them a chance to talk about their work and promote anything that they've written or produced on online. Because I, I'm I'm sure people right now want to consume as much content as they possibly can. So yeah, uh, th thank you for that. And um, it, it's a great I've website. I've used my so. token now. No, 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 no. It's fine. Anyway. Um, so Da Costa, yeah, um, he ran away with it, it's fair to say. And um, I think it even exercised and surprised John Eric Verne because uh, um, on about lap 20, he was on the radio to say that Da Costa was not playing the team game. Now, at the time, I actually tweeted um, that he was wrong to say that because um, everyone had ample usable energy. But as it turns out, the double, the double Formula E champion knows a bit more about driving a Formula E car than some bloke on Twitter does, so Vern turned out to be correct. Um, can De Costa be seen as partly to blame for pushing the pace of the race too far and causing um, Vern to have energy troubles and, well, causing De Costa himself to have those troubles at the end? Mm. Well, I see where Jeff is coming from, uh, or was coming from when he w went on the radio and complained about the pace of the race. Um, that said, nobody kind of, he didn't have to follow the pace of Tonio. Um, he could have just let him build a gap. The problem in Formula E always is you always want to have a gap to your, to the drivers behind you so that they won't attack you. On the other hand, if we have a safety car or full course yellow and either of those things happened, um, you all you lose all the energy you spent previously and the gap is gone as well. Um, so that maybe was, was, maybe was what Jeff was referring to uh, when he complained about the pace of the race. Um, it usually isn't considered too wise to kind of build a gap greater than five seconds. And that's what Diaz Cheetah did. Um, I don't know. I, I have the impression that Jeff really struggled at the end of the race for whatever reason, possibly energy management. Um, 
Yeah, but as I said earlier, um, nobody kind of forced him to to go Tonio's pace. Mm. And th- there certainly seems to be a case for saying that Jean-Éric Verne was slightly more energy thirsty than de Costa was. Now, um, could that be something to do with car setup or is it to do with driving style or is it just simply that uh, Verne was stuck behind de Costa and so that used up more battery and caused caused a, um, a, a higher temperature level? Good question. And I don't really have a, have a satisfying answer for that. Usually you would say that, similar to other racing series, that you could save a bit of energy in the slipstream of drivers in front of you. After all, Berlin has very long straights, and I, I think there will be some sort of effect of the slipstream there, not for overtaking, but for, for energy saving. Um, I think it was a rather... The, Jeff was involved in a lot more battles, I think, than Antonio Felix da Costa was. After he dropped back in a position and lost out to, I think it was Andre Lotra, his former teammate, um, Jeff had to fight. And then came Nick de Vries. And then came Mitch Evans. I don't know if he fought. I think he fought Mitch Evans, yeah. And fighting is what consumes your energy, not really following other people. Um, overtaking and defending that's what's costly for your battery um and that's maybe the reason that jeff yeah lost out more towards the end than his teammate did yeah now um um there 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 is a word for andre lotterer and uh, it's 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 a word ending in house that we can't use online um but uh, he's he's certainly excellent at making the car as wide as possible and he seems to absolutely relish keeping cars behind him that was something he did so well for half the race in the porsche in third uh, just stinking out the competition but doing it tremendously well um did it seem like the kind of race that lotterer would enjoy being being a kind of professional troll as he is <laughs> i think he enjoyed the race yeah especially because of the champagne at the end um he can be happy with his performance today without doubt um but of course he has the goal of winning his first formula e race it's easy to forget that andre never won a race in formula e although he's been around for so long and he will be gutted that it didn't kind of yeah it, it wasn't it just wasn't enough this time around um porsche would have deserved it andre would have deserved it um but even more so antonio felix de costa deserved it uh with a brilliant performance <sighs> difficult to say i think he can go to bed tonight happily um but he will know that there was still some potential out there and now it's a matter of porsche adapting best to the changing track conditions over the next couple of days and weeks and there is potential for Porsche and for Andre to win a race in Berlin definitely without a doubt and uh, it's it's worth saying they were um, they were in super hot in super pole I think he was uh, fourth on the grid um, on on merit and uh, sorry third on the grid on merit Um, and um, he he put it at the right part of turn one to uh, um, to uh, take third, and he kept it entirely on merit. He was uh, he he was superb at doing what he needed to do, and in fact, um, Nick De Vries, who was um, who gained some opprobrium from Jack Nichols and the commentary box um, for blocking during the race, 
met his match when he tried to pass Lotra because Andre was giving as good as he got there. Um, tremendous battle. Were there any other battles that stood out for you in the race? Um, well, of course, when when it kind of when they all queued up after the safety car and the four cross yellow phase, there were a lot of because everyone was just so close together. Uh, there were plenty of battles. One of the biggest losers there, of course, being Mitch Evans, um, who first of all, I think, lost out to Lotra and then to Buemi and then got caught up in a battle with D'Ambrosio until he got spun round by um, Max Gunther, uh, who has been disqualified from the race, um, but not for the incident uh, with Evans, but for overusing his allowance of energy um so that it wasn't really a battle uh between Evans and Gunther but it was one of the highlights in terms of on-track action of the race yeah um and um, another of the highlights and um a tremendous drive actually well we'll come on to uh Sam Bird in a minute who finished third behind De Costa and Lotterer but I actually thought Jerome D'Ambrosio, uh, if not for Sam Bird, might have um, might have a reason to be considered uh, man of the race because he he put in such a great shift to to come to come from uh, where he did um, and to to come from being in midfield and to clip through all those cars and um, to to get to get to fifth place um i i don't feel d'ambrosio gets the credit that maybe he deserves because he's he's not a big personality uh he he doesn't come from a high profile kind of background but he grafts and he gets results doesn't he he does yeah and it was well overdue this result uh he'll be so pleased with with today's performance Mahindra really wasn't able to shine too much this year so far. Um, fourth place in Chile, I think, was the team's best result uh, when Pascal Verlein put in a brilliant drive there. Um, apart from that, Jerome only scored three points, I think, uh, previously, uh, or previous to today. Um, so these 10 points really do him well in the drivers and the teams, his team in the team's championship. Um he kind of outdrove his car, just like maybe Lotra did. Maybe who else was really good today? Um, yeah, Venturi. I, th I, th I had the impression Venturi had a lot more performance in them, but they didn't score for the first time this year, sadly. Surprisingly, um, because 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 um, yeah. uh, because Edo Mortara after well after Felipe Massa binned it in the wall, Edo Mortara was in the top ten. But uh, I would assume for battery reasons that this early stage after the race, uh, he fell backwards. It tends to be battery reasons in Formula E, always, yeah. Um, yeah, but coming back to Mahindra, I think Jerome really deserved those 10 points and they do him well in the championship. Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, De Costa is the only one who can look at the championship with any sense of satisfaction. He's 40 points clear, but uh, I, uh, there, there are still... Uh, many, many more points than that to play for. We, we have five races. And um, as uh, Plug Coming, Mitch Evans said in an interview I did with him recently, which I've published on the website, uh, um, it's scary the number of points that are actually up for grabs within nine days. Uh, so things could turn around very quickly. For example, if he has a DNF in the next race or something. Um, 
Sam Bird's going to be thinking, well, he's still in in mathematical contention for the title, but I think more than anything, it's about it's about restoring pride after a few DNFs and a few poor races before the shutdown uh, following that Diria win, and he pretty much drove above the Envision Virgins today, didn't he? He did, yeah. Just like D'Ambrosio, he really needed that podium finish in Berlin. As you say, after after that win in Diria, uh, he was nowhere, and now all of a sudden he's he's lying in sixth in the championship. And it was a really good performance by Sam. Uh, well deserved podium, um, long overdue podium, and um, I think he's just looking to finish his stint with I almost said Diaz Virgin um, and Vision Virgin on a high after after six seasons with them. He'll be of course changing over to Jaguar. And he kind of wants to give a parting gift, maybe, to Virgin. And um, maybe this is part one of the gift. Um, maybe he'll he'll be able to compete for for even even better results tomorrow or on the weekend. Um, the pace seems to be there. Um, let's see what he can do. Yeah, um, obviously uh, he's one of the big reasons why Envision Virgin is one of the best supported teams on the grid. Uh, shout out to Natalie and the other uh, Envision Virgin Racing super fans who, um, who who came on TV for the first ever live fan reaction on on a Formula E broadcast. I definitely, yeah, I agree. And Formula E is so brilliant for being so close to the fans. Usually. Um, just uh, just one more thing on Sam Bird. That that pass on D'Ambrosio uh, for I think it was fifth place at the time. Um, probably the uh, um, along with Evans around the outside of turn three. Those two were the passes of the day. I felt. Um, but Bird's look spec looked more spectacular on camera because he was doing it um, with with all the wheels locked as well. It was a tremendous uh, last gasp <laughs> sort of Daniel Ricciardo dive bomb type pass. So um, obviously you're going to be covering the race uh, tomorrow for um, eformal.de again. Um, what can we expect now the drivers know this reverse layout and now that they are beginning to pick up a few tips and tricks? Uh, b- before you answer that, what, one example being, um, I thought, to Costa's very clever use of the attack mode zone. He appeared to be able to go slightly less wide and still trigger the sensors. Uh, do you think there'll be any, any other um, kind of micro innovations that the drivers find or is there something else you're looking for tomorrow? All the time, yeah. The teams have already started analysing data from today with a circuit not changing for tomorrow's race. Um, I think teams have set a good baseline, not only for tomorrow, but for the entire week in Berlin, uh, or fortnight it is. Um, So yeah, they've set a good baseline and they've sent over the car data to their mission control back at base. And they'll be analyzing. Some teams will be using uh, driver-in-the-loop simulators, sort of third drivers that are sitting in the simulators, maybe right now as we're talking on on Wednesday evening. Um, And they'll be simulating the race and the track conditions and and all of of that. Um, So they will, yeah, kind of become more... The teams will become more... um, What's the word for it? Um, savvy? Something with S. Yeah, savvy. Maybe savvy. Yeah. Hmm. 
All right. Well, um, so if if you would like to know more about what simulator and development drivers do while the race drivers are um, in their hotel rooms, then uh, you can listen to my podcast interview. Um, I think it's eTalking number 27 from uh, earlier this week with Simone, Simona de Silvestro, the uh, Porsche test and development driver. Um, very intelligent, very uh, serious minded, but very interesting driver. And um, um Actually, great, great fun to speak to as well. Um, t- Toby, who are you um, looking out for tomorrow? And um, af- after that, we shall let you go and get some rest. I'm still waiting for BMW to really show their performance. They've been incredible before the the pandemic broke out. And I'm still expecting better results from BMW. Um, I'm, of course also looking out for for jeff to bounce back um he should have been on the podium today um undoubtedly and he he'll be looking to to come back strongly tomorrow and who else jaguar maybe i think mitch evans he still is a contender in the championship of course he's still second um but he will need a good result tomorrow again um, before the teams regroup and then head into the weekend um, on May, uh, not sorry, uh, on, on August 8th and 9th. Hmm. All right. Uh, thank you so much for your time, Toby. Really appreciate you coming on. Um, and, um, you know, th- thank you so much for the insights. Um, just before we close this, um, as you mentioned, Max Gunter has been disqualified, which gives Rene Rast a point on his return to Formula E. Uh, you were saying before we recorded that you expect some further penalties. Um do, do you have any news that's come in while we've been recording this or is this something that will come in in the coming hours do you think well, there have been been a few penalties while we're recording this it's already fresh um there's been a drive-through penalty awarded for motara in the meantime because he sort of pushed gunter into evans who then spun evans uh and apt was speeding under full course yellow and received a five second penalty um, as we're speaking, there's still a couple of cars under Park Ferme conditions. Um, that's including Felix da Costa and Bert and D'Ambrosio. Uh, da Costa, I think, mainly for the reason that he parked his car elsewhere uh, compared to all the other cars. And um, they'll have to, of course, investigate. Oh, and Sergio Seta Camaro has just been disqualified, apparently, for energy overuse. Oh, Oh well, um, that that's a shame on his debut. Uh, but uh, um, he, like uh, all the other debutants, um, obviously has a bit to uh, a bit to learn. All right, um, thanks, Toby. Really appreciate it. And um, yeah, we best go and get some rest now, hadn't we? Yeah, we better do. Thank you so much for having me. And um, yeah, have fun tomorrow in the race. Well, uh, this has been Berlin Watch. So, uh, Toby, save me, save me a virtual curry verst, and um, I <laughs> shall uh, see everyone tomorrow. And uh, by the way, if Antonio Felix da Costa gets disqualified, I will seriously question the point in any of us being alive. But uh, never mind. Anyway, we, we shall see. You, <laughs> we shall see you tomorrow, and goodbye for now. For more great content, visit motione.org or subscribe to eTalking, Formula E and Electric Vehicles on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your audio. And if you'd like to, you can join Motion E on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month and get weekly newsletters, 
exclusive content and also full audio from interviews and podcasts before they're put online. So join up and join the fun.